This is Sarah Karloff, and you're listening to No Good Music. We have a special guest with us today. She is the daughter of the legendary actor Boris Karloff. She's contributed to several books and documentaries concerning her father, and she's a regular guest at the Chiller Theater Convention in Parsippany. Let's all welcome to No Good Music, Sarah Karloff. Oh, I'm so happy to talk to you today. Hi, Rob. This is my friend Jeremy. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm sorry I'm late. That's okay. Okay. How are you today? I'm fine. How are both of you? Good. We're doing good. Good. No complaints here. We're recording a uh, Universal Monster podcast also today. Good. Now you're I'm in California. With those. <laughs> <laughs> now you're in California. Is that correct? I am. So let's start off. Um, let's talk about your father, okay. Boris, Boris Karloff. Now he was born Henry William Henry Pratt. Do you know? Was indeed. Do you know why he changed his name and how he? changed it to that, to Boris Karloff? Well, he felt that uh, William Henry Pratt, especially Pratt, was not a very good name for, for, for an actor, uh, okay. given Pratt Falls and all. Oh. Um, and um, he had a lovely sense of humor. Um, and uh, he always said that uh, he changed it to Boris Karloff because Boris was uh, a name, Karloff actually was a name, um, known way back on his mother's side of the family, mm -hmm. although all the biographers uh, have not been able to find it um, <laughs> in their research. Uh, and Boris, he just came from thin air. Oh, okay. So that's his version. I'm sticking with it. Okay. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> I do think it's a great name for, for monster movies. I mean, that name, Boris Karloff, it sounds frightening to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if he'd been song and dance man, how would it have sounded? Yeah. Maybe just as appropriate. One never knows. But he, when he said Boris Karloff, it mm -hmm. certainly did sound frightening. Yeah. I think William Pratt was a good name, would have been a good name for an actor, personally. I don't know. I mean, it's not I a bad name. I think he was name. trying to save his family from disgrace, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> now, is your, is your legal last name Karloff? Or is it Pratt? My legal name is Sarah Jane Karloff Pratt. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. So, I'm actually the only legal Karloff because my father never took Karloff legally. He never mm -hmm. took Boris Karloff legally. Oh, okay. He, his legal name remained William Henry Pratt, and when he signed legal documents, he had to sign them, a.k.a. Boris Karloff, or a.k.a. Oh. William Henry Pratt. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm the only legal Karloff, I guess. <laughs> Very cool. I always like to ask this. Of course, my parents weren't famous. Jeremy's parents weren't famous, but <laughs> at what... You never know what you might end up doing. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. true. This is true. At what age, when did you realize your father was an actor or somewhat famous? <laughs> <laughs> what did your parents do? What did you, 
what age did you realize what they were doing? My, yeah. You know, my father, my father um, didn't bring his work home. He didn't talk about other actors. Um, I really didn't live with my father's work. He didn't talk about his work at home. Mm-hmm. So when people realized who my father was or what my father did, I got some fairly rude questions mm-hmm. But um, as I was growing up. But he, at home, he was just who he was. And he couldn't have been more different than the roles he played. Okay. So, um, you know, Halloween at our house was not probably like Halloween at your house. Mm-hmm. He just didn't bring his work home. Gonna, I hate I to was... disappoint you. <laughs> he didn't bury his friends under the rose bushes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he he didn't, he just didn't kill people and bring the bodies <laughs> into the garage. He just didn't do that. Yeah, I was going to ask that because I know what people went, you know, as an actor, Thanks. actress, like in, in certain roles, especially that your father had, you know, I don't know how they could think that he was that person, but that's a great actor when they can be someone totally different. And then as their actor, as their own persona. So, but what, what was your, in real life, what was, what kind of man was your father? What was he a, <laughs> <laughs> Tough to ask the questions, okay. isn't it? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, what kind of person was my father? My father was uh, very British in his mm-hmm. personal interests. He loved um, he loved the English game of cricket. He loved to garden. He loved animals. He didn't kill them or eat them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he wasn't a vegetarian. I yeah, don't yeah. mean that. <laughs> But um, he he was very kind, very soft-spoken, very well-educated, very articulate, loved to read. He was very soft-spoken, had a lovely uh, British sense of humor. He couldn't have been more different than the roles he played. And so um, he um, was just simply couldn't have been more different than than what one would anticipate. He was British in his tastes. He was British in his dress. I don't mean dress, dress, but in the manner in which mm-hmm. he dressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he was very well respected by those with whom he worked in, in the industry, and he was was uh, beloved by those who knew him personally. My godmother wrote a book, a biography about him, and she said almost everybody that she interviewed would preface their remarks by saying, oh, dear Boris. And so titled her book, Dear Boris, the antithesis of the roles he played. Couldn't have been more different than you would have expected. Now, how was he with fans that would approach him? Uh, um, would he have gone to today autograph shows? Was he so? Was he sociable? No. Or, no. Okay. Oh, he'd be very sociable. 
Okay. Very, uh, uh, he respected uh, the fans. He was grateful for the fans. He was, um, no one would be more amazed than he at the fans he had uh, and more appreciative of the fans, more, more amazed than he was or would be now at his mm-hmm. enormous fan base. I mean, my father's been gone now for 54 years, and the enormity of his fans still today, the multi-generational fan base that he has, uh, would he would just be absolutely amazed and appreciative mm-hmm. and respectful of the fans. Uh, he he uh he would say what's the big deal he he was known to say and said to me that a plumber couldn't act and uh an actor <laughs> couldn't fix a sink i mean each his own trade but respect whatever anybody did as their profession uh he knew and respected anybody who was good at his trade, be it an actor or a plumber, because he he felt everybody was fortunate if they were known in their in their trade and mm-hmm. good at their trade and worked hard at their trade, no matter what the trade was. And he was often asked if he was um, if he minded being typecast, mm-hmm. and he would say, "Heavens no! Um, I'm very very fortunate." To be, to be fortunate enough to have been typecast, whether it be as a, a song and dance man, a, a, a horror actor, uh, and he preferred the word terror to the word mm-hmm. horror. He he would be. Um, oh, could I have some of that? I'm so thirsty. <laughs> um, See, the camera works both ways. It's coffee. Um, it's coffee. <laughs> oh, is it really? Do you know, yeah. I sponsor a brand of coffee. Oh, yes. And yes. it's so good. Oh, I wish I had some right here on my desk. It's really very good. There's. He felt that he was fortunate to be known as 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 for the particular brand of of acting that he did uh he felt that he was a, a, a song and dance man a comedy actor uh, a horror actor any man who was fortunate enough to be typecast was very uh very very fortunate mm-hmm. because then he would be known to be t- known to be uh typecast and then would be fortunate enough to be typed and cast mm-hmm. often in a type of role. Uh, and he didn't mind at all being known for a particular type of role because it kept him an, a, 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 an acting actor. He didn't mind being typecast at all. And doing what he loved. But actually, know. actually, he loved doing comedy. He enjoyed doing roles uh, such as in um, with uh, 
Adam Costello, uh, Vincent Price, where they spoof their own boogeyman images. The uh, the other Roger Corman's uh, film that he did, where they spoof their own boogeyman images. They they had mm-hmm. great fun on the sets uh, doing that. They f- I don't... felt it was how fortunate they mm-hmm. were to have reached a point in their careers where they could could spoof their images as horror yeah. men and have great fun making fun of themselves. I don't think yeah. most people know him for, for comedy, you know. So <laughs> no, he was definitely he typecast. Yeah. And, you know, and he did, uh, he did some fun things as a boogeyman. And he did some television work where he spoofed his own boogeyman image with Dinah Shore and with Carol Burnett mm-hmm. and loved doing that. So uh, he didn't mind being typecast. It gave him a, a broader base from which to mm-hmm. do comedy. I think it was, I think I just saw someone post, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the show Route 66. Yes. It was him, but wasn't it? It was a couple other people too that were in the monster. I don't know if it was Lon Jimmy yes. Jr. or, yeah. Yes. Yeah, someone just posted that the other day. Yes. We're in an episode. And also, he was he starred on Broadway in five Broadway plays. Mm-hmm. And he was in Peter Pan. He was in Arsenic and Old Lace. He was, uh, you know, he did all sorts of roles. Um, he had three television series of his own. So, I mean, he, he didn't only do horror or terror movies. And he really did prefer the word terror to horror because he uh, he felt horror meant dumping blood and gore in your lap yeah terror invited the invited the use of one the audience's uh own intelligence and, and participation of the audience's intelligence and their own imagination and intelligence while watching a film, whereas horror uh, was much more, uh, well, revolting, really. Mm-hmm. You didn't have um, to think too much. Right. Yeah, some horror movies, you don't no, have to think. <laughs> no. And the terror really involved the intelligence and participation of the, of the audience itself. And he had, he did 20-some albums of children's recordings like Rudyard Kipling and uh, Hans Christian Andersen. So he had a broad base of, of, of a career. It wasn't just Frankenstein and the mummy. It was, yeah, yeah. It was television and radio, a huge, huge base of radio. So television and radio and, and Broadway and television series and television guest stars and television theater and he was one of the first stars to leave hollywood and participate in live television and Mm. so he was fortunate he did a lot of silent films a lot of series serials and so he had a very very broad base of work 167 odd films. Wow. I don't mean odd. I mean 167 (laughs) films. And 
Some were odd, but some were not, and some were quite uh, intelligent. And and he had a a wonderful career. So um, he was very fortunate in the variety of shows mm-hmm. he did. Some were very funny. Some were very frightening, and and some were uh, beautifully written and and. He st- he starred with some of the biggest stars, a, and he was amongst them for many many years. You know, as you go through his list of all the roles and accomplishments that he's had, do you think when he was filming the Universal Monsters, if he could look into the future seventy or eighty or ninety years ahead of time, do you think that he would have thought his legacy would be Frankenstein and the Mummy, or do you think that? you know, he would have viewed it in a different way. Oh, I think I I saw an interview he did, and he uh, was asked if he had any regrets, and he said no, one only. And he felt he was a very lucky man and to spend his career doing something he genuinely loved and enjoyed. But the one regret he had was that he never had an opportunity do a London uh, to be on the London stage. Mm-hmm. He was on the Broadway stage. He did repertory theater um, in in Canada. But the one thing he would have loved to have done and never had an opportunity to do was to be on the London stage, and he would have dearly loved to have done that. But that was his one regret done all the things he had an opportunity to do during his working life. So I I heard that he was permanently scarred from Frankenstein. Was that true? That scarred? Yeah, I guess from what the, the makeup they used, the maybe the bolt. Oh no. No? No. Okay. I never saw any scars on his neck. Okay. Um <laughs> He lost 25 pounds during the making of Frankenstein, and he was Mm -hmm. already a very skinny actor at the time Mm -hmm. because it was his 81st film, and as he said, nobody saw the first 80. (laughs) Uh, He'd been in Hollywood for 10 years, and and nobody knew it but him, and he'd Mm -hmm. been in the business for 20 years, 10 years in British Columbia and 10 years in Hollywood, and nobody knew it but him. But uh, permanently scarred, he, of course, injured his back, carrying Colin Clive up and down the stairs and yeah, up yeah. and down the the, the hillside. Mm-hmm. But um, permanently scarred, no. Okay. He, he regarded it as um, a wonderful um, making, a wonderful pivotal difference in his life both professionally and personally uh, it certainly made him uh, an overnight star after being in the business 20 years and in hollywood for 10 uh, many actors never never make it from being a um uh, an extra or mm-hmm. a never make it f- to where he did uh, a, star, uh, a star or a legend or an icon, all of which he was fortunate enough to 
be called those names as he did, and that was the career that was the career jump, if you like. It wasn't easy. It was a very arduous uh, career jump. That film was very difficult a role, uh, but he would certainly feel it was a career jump and mm -hmm. certainly made him uh, an, an overnight star, if you like, after 10 years or 20 mm -hmm. years in the business. Did he regret that? Heavens no. So, um, no. Was it an easy film to make? No. But it certainly made the difference in his life that he had worked so hard for. And in the, in the movie, or when it came out to theaters, where it said the monster, there was a question mark. So at first, his name wasn't even... I mean, maybe some insiders knew who the monster was. But I, I'm pretty sure his name was not on the film in Frankenstein. Well, he wasn't even invited to the premiere. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> but he certainly was known thereafter. So was he grateful for that opportunity and that role? Heavens, yes. Was he grateful for the difference it made in his life and his career thereafter? Heavens, yes. Mm -hmm. Would he pass up that role? Uh, given the opportunity, uh, no, I don't think so. So, were were you ever encouraged by your father to act, to get into acting, or did you ever think about pursuing that? He said that um, he could tell I didn't have the fire in the belly because <laughs> I paid more attention to Nana the dog than I did to him when I okay. went back and saw him in um, Peter Pan. So mm -hmm. I don't think he thought I would ever become an actress, and I never gave it one thought at all. No, I don't have the fire in the belly. Do I like doing interviews with guys like you? I love it because it's fun, <laughs> and you're, you oh, guys are fun. And, <laughs> and yeah, well, I was going to say you're, you guys are easy. And if you don't want to answer any any question, fans I tell me. are wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fans fans make it so easy because my father was such a gentleman and had such a wonderful career that I was talking to a friend today and I said, you know, doing interviews is easy because my father was such a, a good person. And such a gentleman, I never have to worry about the questions I'm asked. Yeah. yeah, if he was not a nice person, you wouldn't even want to talk about him. Right. So, yeah, I, love I mean, that, I don't have to worry about it. I love and to so hear that he was a, a great person. Yeah, he really, he really was a lovely human being. And so, doing interviews about him, I don't have to worry about the questions I'm going to be asked. Mm -hmm. And it's fun. The fans are wonderful. They really are. And doing shows is fun because the fans are just terrific. And they make it so nice for me to do a show because I, where else can I go and have nothing but nice questions and mm -hmm. nice treatment and nice people 
to talk to. And so it's great fun to do a show or great fun to do an interview because the fans are so terrific. I love to do shows and interviews because it's fun to talk about my father. I have a good time doing it. So why wouldn't I continue doing it? Uh, if I had to worry about being asked rude questions, I wouldn't yeah. do it. I'd turn down an interview. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's fun. So I'm going to ask you about horror films in general. I know you don't like horror films. <laughs> I don't like them. But I want to tell you. It's the worst kept secret that I don't like scary movies. But I want to, I want to tell you that the first horror film I ever saw was Frankenstein. And, <laughs> and I was about four years old, but it's, it's like my earliest memory of anything. My dad was in his recliner watching Frankenstein. And when I saw the monster, I was hiding behind his recliner. I don't know if he turned uh-huh. it off, but I would say that's my first taste of like a horror film at four. And? And that would have been 1969. Uh-huh. I want to I know what maybe what your first horror film was that you saw and or why you don't like. I mean, I, I'm sure I know the answer why you don't like because a lot of people don't like horror films because they're frightening and they'd rather watch something like a drama or a comedy? Well, I don't like horror films. Mm. I don't like to be discomforted. I don't like to be scared. But I don't consider Frankenstein a horror film. Okay. (laughs) I don't consider, I don't. I understand why at the time it was discomforting Mm. because it was uh, the um frontier of science and it posed so many questions scientific questions it posed so many new questions mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. had never yet been asked and so it was discomforting yeah but i don't think it was scary mm. i think it was startling when he turned around in that doorway yeah but it wasn't horrifying that's a great scene because i've seen that movie so many times but i i don't know why i just noticed when he comes up the steps and he opens the door he's turned around for the audience to not see his face right away and to anticipate what he looked like i thought that was a great that's a great scene oh it is but it's not it's not going to make you think of some of the films today yeah. Now oh, yeah. they're yeah. horrifying. They're disgusting. Mm-hmm. They're stomach turning. Yeah. Right. And they'll make you jump. But there's nothing in this this film that will make you do things but question science, question the frontiers that you're pushing about questioning. Like bringing someone back from the dead, you know. Or, That's right. Yeah. Well, you'll question <laughs> you, when it says, um, uh, you know, when when Colin Clyde thinks he's seen like God. That yeah. will make you question certain beliefs. Yeah. But it doesn't turn oh, yeah. your stomach. Yeah, right. There's a difference. We watched um, six Universal films that we're reviewing, and we even said there were there were no blood 
Yep. They were, I mean, they were in black and white. But yeah, not like today's films where it's over. It looks too real sometimes. Yeah. A little but too these real. these don't. Yeah. yeah. These make you question certain values or mm-hmm. certain beliefs or certain things you've held as beliefs. But they're not gory, you know. They're more suspenseful, I, 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 I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't like to jump. I don't like to. I I I licensed a a house, a um, what haunted house? Okay. Back in Salem years ago, mm-hmm. and I had to, of course, walk through it. I was scared <laughs> to death, and I said, "Okay, guys, we're going to leave all the lights on <laughs> and all the doors open." And if anybody touches me or jumps out at me, mm-hmm. you lose your job. <laughs> yeah. You're fired instantly. <laughs> that sort of startling scare, I don't like. Yeah, right. I don't uh, like haunted houses either. No. I don't think I've ever gone to one. I, I don't want anybody to touch me and jump out at me it. and really scare me, startle me. I don't like that. Well, and that where you wa- if you're watching I don't like a- scary movies. But even that compared to scary, at least you're in your own living room and nobody's going to jump out of the TV. But you, <laughs> Oh, you that's... don't know that if it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it get, it captures yeah. you. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't like to be taken out of my, my own element. And if it's a good movie, it does. And so don't do that. <laughs> you know, and I meant it that day. I'd fire them on the spot. <laughs> if they jumped out or touched me right then, and they knew it. And then I had to do one in Madison Square Garden. I said the same oh. thing. And um, and then I had to watch a film at Rutgers University, and my husband had to hold my hand so tight to keep me in my chair. <laughs> I mean, I just don't yeah. like it. And it's the worst cast. You know, it's the worst casting in the world. Me as my father's daughter. Some of his yeah. films. Come on. Well, well, they automatically think that you like that kind of stuff, I guess. If they don't know you. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, I'm a wuss. But I if you do enough interviews, people will know, know that now. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm, I, murder she wrote, I leave the room. I'm a, I really am a wuss. The, the music builds, I'm out of the room. <laughs> so I'm yeah, peeking around people... the corner when the music builds. Yeah, I know a couple people that don't, they will not watch horror movies. My mother-in-law, my late mother-in-law, she would not ever watch a horror movie. So, but I can understand. Good I can for understand. her. Good for her. I mean, you know, and there, there are a lot of my father's films I haven't watched. So, Well, there's 160 sorry, of them. So. See, I thought it was 67, 167. Yeah, okay. But- 160 plus. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably um, the 67 I haven't seen. There you go. So do you own any movie memorabilia, or do you have anything particularly from one of your father's films? My father was not a collector. Okay. He, uh, and that's not unusual for actors. A, a lot of them don't go see their own films because mm-hmm. they sit there and they think, have done that scene this way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I would have liked it better. Uh, and so they're not collectors. And of course, most of the collectible things 
become collectible after the film has mm-hmm. been long released. Oh, yeah. Right. So the time to collect is not at the time of release or when the movie is in the theater. And the answer is no, I don't own any mm-hmm. collectibles. Well, back- my father didn't own any collectibles, mm-hmm. and don't I wish he had collected all the movie posters oh, of yeah. all the movies he did. But right. of course he didn't, and of course yeah. I don't have any. Yeah. Well, back then, too, they, even when movies were made, they would use different sets for different movies. They'd even get rid of costumes. Sure. Even with The Wizard of Oz, the, they found the lion's costume in a like a garbage bag, and then they restored it and then sold it, you know, for millions. But sure. back then, I think the only person was Debbie Reynolds, who had a museum at one time in Las Vegas, and she had all mm-hmm. these costumes that she saved. And sadly, it's no longer there. I don't know what happened to the costumes. They probably sold them, you know, to individuals, but. They didn't know back oh, then. Yeah. Now collecting and they, has and they, like they put grown. posters over posters. Oh yeah, you know. So no, no, I don't have any. I wish I did. Yeah, I wish I were Kirk Hammett or some of the guys I know who have mm-hmm. wonderful collections. No, I don't. I really love that you're keeping the memory alive with your father. And uh, I wanted to talk about the web fans who do that. Yeah. It's (laughs) the fans who keep the memory alive and it's the fans, the family should be grateful to and, and appreciate it really is. If it weren't for the fans, I'd be home cleaning my own. Really (laughs) not out, not out thanking the fans and not out, at shows, yeah, you know, signing pictures, copies of mm. pictures. Uh, it, mm. If if it weren't for the fans, truly, yeah. you would be interviewing me. So you have a website, Karloff.com, which I like to tell people about, and you have some items Thank in the you. the gift shop. And one you talked about or briefly was the coffee signature coffee yes. blends. You also have. Grinch tumblers. <laughs> I do. I have all sorts of wonderful tumblers. Yeah, those look great. I might actually get those. I, I want to okay. try the coffee, too. It's good. Do you know, do you know if that coffee's uh, a dark coffee, a light coffee? It's a dark blend, dark good, roast. Good. Ooh, yeah. Perfect. Because I drink my coffee black. It's got to be strong. So <laughs> It's up to you how you make it. You oh, can yeah. make it yeah. with too much water. Yeah. <laughs> I have a story about coffee. My brother-in-law, we were living, we were living at my in-laws briefly until we could buy a house. And he, he made coffee for us one morning. And I swear he, the filter that, the filter that had the coffee in it from like the day before, he just put water in there and refiltered the old coffee. I went, I took one, I could tell by the, it looked like, brown water you know i could see through it oh so he obviously oh, I'm sorry. doesn't drink coffee i guess <laughs> oh so you have you have another item in there it's a documentary yes on, now is that a new is that a new documentary or is that well it was done last year 
Okay. And I mean, it was released last year, and it has some wonderful extras in it, and it won the Rondo Award, and then the mm-hmm. extras won a Rondo Award. The Rondo Award is a, a genre award. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's means documentaries or the genre of horror. And so in science fiction or horror or whatever you want to call it, it won best documentary in that field. And then it won uh, best extras. So it's really very good. It was done by Thomas Hamilton and uh, Ron McClowski. And it's got lots of people saying nice things about it and showing films, etc. It's really, it's it's well done. Uh, it even has me on it saying nice things about my father. It's it's a nice documentary. It's well worth watching. Yeah, and if that, you get yeah. the, what is called the limited edition, uh, it has the extras and a pamphlet mm-hmm. that go with it. And it's the limited edition is $30. Those are available. And it comes in just DVD format or Blu-ray format or a combination of both with the, with the, uh, with the extras on it. And it, it's, it's good. It's a good documentary. It's mm-hmm. well done. Are you going to have the coffee at the, at Chiller? You're going to be at Chiller. the show I'm doing in Chiller. Okay. Chiller is a show in Parsippany, New Jersey. Learn to spell it before you try to yes. say it. <laughs> and it's at Parsippany, and it's the last weekend in October. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for 100 years. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it's it's a good show. I've been going it's since... a huge show. Since 99, 1999. So I've been Do going I know you? No, unfortunately, I've never uh, met you. Me. I don't know how. <laughs> but we I'm will meet. always there. We'll we'll be we're, there this year. Why we'll haven't the... you come to my table? We will. We we're. Why haven't you come to my table? Uh... <laughs> I've been there a hundred years. <laughs> I looked better when I started going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll we'll be come... there this year. We're gonna come by and say hello. That's my to dog you, sure. And if you have the coffee there, I'm gonna buy the coffee. I hope you do then... more than that. I hope you buy coffee, and I hope you buy. A mug, a mm-hmm. tumbler, golly! There you go. By one of one of Stock each. up, <laughs> because the prices are better at the show. Okay. Well, yeah, you don't have to pay prices shipping. Prices are too. better at the show. Yeah, no shipping. Yeah. Right. No shipping. Because I, I live an hour away. From shipping is a killer. Yes, it is. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Oh, then you ago. know how to spell it. <laughs> P A R S I P P P A N Y. Yep. I think there's. No, there's I think there are more double are, consonants. <laughs> yeah, there's either two S's or two. I think there's two P's. I think you got it. <laughs> two of every consonant in the world. Yeah. Parsippany, yes. It's like Mississippi. But well, it's a love. It's a, it's at the Hilton Parsippany. Yes. And it, it runs from Friday through Sunday. Friday evening through Sunday. And uh, it's a fun show. It's got mm-hmm. one of everything. It really yeah. does. Yeah, I there's mean, a concert that from, night. Oh, uh, well, it's got, yes, that's better than saying music. 
um, <laughs> and it's run by Kevin Clement. He's wonderful. And um, he named his daughter Sarah Jane. So I'm Sarah oh, Jane wow. the Elder, and she's Sarah Jane the Younger. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Much younger. <laughs> and he's wonderful. Kevin's wonderful. And the show is really diverse, one might say. Oh, yeah, for sure. Diverse. Yeah, it not has just, everything yeah. from, oh, it's wonderful. TV, movie, music. Everything. Yeah. And it, ha- it has diverse guests. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm the best behaved. <laughs> so that come out and see Sarah at Chiller, and we'll be there. Are you just going to be there? Or are you going to be doing something there? No, we're just attending. Yeah, we're just going to attend and visit wonderful yeah. celebrities like yourself. Oh, aren't you nice? I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> ah, yes, you are. <laughs> no, my father was. There you go. That's fair. And I'm not. And mine is a signature, not an autograph. Okay. But All I right. sign pictures for things. I sign things for people. Mm-hmm. You can bring things for me to sign or you can purchase things for me to sign and there's no charge for signing so speaking of music we have a couple more questions before we go and they're probably questions maybe you've never been asked before i don't know because we're mainly a music podcast as you can see no good music so i want to ask you a couple music questions i think that's very clever (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah everybody likes that name yes Number one, do you play any musical instruments or have you? No, with no K. Okay. Not even the recorder? The little, like, flute thing (laughs) in school? Not in school or anything? Okay. Okay. No, I took piano lessons and I hated them and I wish I'd continued with them. I love Mm -hmm. the piano and I love the clarinet. Mm -hmm. Cool. I play neither. That's okay. What do what you guys was, play? I play guitar a little bit. I get better each year since I was 15, so I'm still okay. <laughs> still learning. <laughs> Jeremy plays. I play guitar and sing. Yeah, Jeremy. I like to sing. Karaoke. Who sings? Me. Jeremy. I try. Oh. Let's put it that way. I try to sing. I've been told okay. I'm good. <laughs> But it's usually at bars, so, you know. Exactly. But people have, people who are drinking. Depends on how many beers people have. That <laughs> oh, well, they then. They tell you you're good, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now, what was, the, what was the last concert you went to? Oh, my, that's been a while. Uh, probably something that Julian Stringer was, was playing at. Okay. Do you know who he is? No. Aha, uh-huh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> he's a world-class clarinet player okay oh, he's okay. british what's his he's name superb. again julian strangle go buy one of his okay music by chiller and we'll chat about him okay <laughs> he really is a world-class clarinetist jazz mainly mm-hmm. but he can play anything classical <laughs> anything and he's british he's superb You'll yeah, be I like doing all yourself kinds of music. I like Julian Stingle. Okay. 
And then, yeah, you don't. I don't find any promise in that. Okay, that you'll have know. one of his. <laughs> no, no, he always checks out. No, I'm always looking for new music. Yes, he's always looking for new music for sure. Oh, we well both then. Are, so, and I like. All right. I like classical. CD. I like jazz, blue. I like everything except rap. He sings too. Yeah, so, please do yourself a favor. No, my I will children. definitely. I'm going to check them out, and then when we see you, I'm going to tell you. Well, and if we even get the CD, if we can find a CD ahead of time, we'll bring it with us to show you that we listened to it and got it. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. You can find it. Okay. Okay. And he's British. All right. I'm All right. going to his concert. I'm going to the UK on Thursday. Oh, wow. And one Safely. of the things I'm doing is going to Julian. I know Julian well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm doing is to go to see his concert safe travels thank you and i want one last music question is yes sir what kind of music did you grow up listening to either as a child Uh, or a teenager the american songbook well that stumped you didn't it like the well like the 40s 50s right well like sonata yeah yeah there you go when you said that i uh, immediately thought Believe it or not, when you said that, I immediately thought of Rod Stewart and Barry Manilow, because I think they've mentioned that. Too young. No, but they've mentioned the American Songbook, and they've done, they've done music. Tony Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. Sinatra. Mm Mm-hmm. A little bit older than, than what you mentioned. I like Dean Martin. I like Sinatra and. Sinatra was my uh, my granddaughter's godfather was really and wow. and uh, yeah and Sinatra Jr. and I were very good friends. I love Sinatra. Oh yeah, talk about pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, I love we love talking to you today, and I hope you have a <laughs> great rest of the day. And we will definitely come over to your table. Absolutely, talk to you and. With a CD from Julian Stringle. Yes. Yes. Yes, we'll have that. Yes. And then we'll okay. give we'll give it to you and the next time you see him, you can get it signed. And then the next time we see you, you can give it back to I'm us. just kidding. <laughs> no, I'll do that. Oh. Oh, I will have already been. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's okay. Well, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. It's been fun. <laughs> yep. And we'll see you soon. Yes. Thank Won't that so be much. nice? Yes. yes. Thank you both. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm sorry I was late. Oh, Why do you fine. keep leaning forward? I'm looking at, I have to, I'm old. I have to look up. I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> Thank That's you, a fib. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to No Good Music. Today's interview was produced and edited by Rob J. Lilly and recorded via Zoom at the Did You Say? Seven studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find No Good Music on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, and almost anywhere you listen to podcasts. 